0: Good morning, good morning. That breakfast today is a uh, dedicated, loving memory of Stanley, Adjmi, Alev HaShalom, Nishmat, uh, Azira. Nazira. Alev sponsored by Mark, Adjmi and family. Rabotai, the Torah in this week is filled, the parasha this week is filled with many, many mitzvot. And one of the mitzvot that's brought down in the parasha is a description of the obligation that a person has to retrieve or to uh, give back an object which was lost. Now there are many halachot that go into such a, uh, a conversation. Uh, is the object something that the person who lost it would have recognized that they lost it? Which in, in turn allows for some possible yush or uh, abandonment of my rights. So as an example, if I notice it right away, it's very expensive. I think to myself, I'm never gonna get it back. I write it off in my brain. Chalas, anyone who picks it up is then allowed to keep it. Because at that moment, I've relinquished my ownership. What happens if it's something that I might not have noticed that I lost? So then, uh, even though later on the guy realized as he lost it, but when it came to your hand when you picked it up, it was still not something that he noticed he lost. So he hadn't given up ownership. So you picked up an object that still belonged to something, and this is an entire sugya in the Gemara, Baba Metzia and Perek Elu Mesiyot. Okay. However, on the idea itself of returning a lost object, Rabutaid, I want to just share something unbelievable about this, uh, about this concept. And the zichut that happens to somebody who returns something which is lost of somebody else's. There was a woman who was walking in Bnei Birak and she, what's it called, she had with her, she had just gotten paid before the holiday, she had with her an envelope filled with 5,000 shekels. She's doing some shopping, she's going like it is, as you know how it works before, the holidays you go from store to store to store, you need food, you need clothes, you need this, you need jewelry, there's all different things that people need, so she's going from store to store to store. At the end of the day of shopping, she reaches into her, into her purse and Shema Israel. her hands start trembling, the money's gone. Ever, all the pay that she had for that month, all that she was gonna use to be able to make the holidays. she's going crazy, what's gonna be? She doesn't know. So she goes back, retraces her steps, goes back from store to store asking, did anyone find an envelope? Did anyone find the envelope? Lots, thousands of shekels. And every store told her, unfortunately, she lost it. She gets back home. She feels terrible. She thinks to herself, the one comforting thought that all of us have, one comforting thought all of us have when something goes wrong. It's a four-letter word, but not the four-letter word that the Goyim might use, But menan The four-letter word is, resh kapara. My uh, sister once was uh, running uh, a, what's it called, a, a nursery. And this little kid walks in, and every day she would come in with a beautiful dress. You know one of these kids that comes in dressed to kill every day? Every day she was dressing like she was walking down the aisle of Flower Girl. Gorgeous. So every day my sister would appreciate the beautiful clothing this little kid had. And, but she held it, because she's three years old, she held it like she was a lady. Anyway, one day, the unthinkable happened, she spills everything on the dress and my sister is flipping out thinking, this must be three, four hundred dollars, she feels terrible. But the girl brushes it off and she goes, Kapara, three years old! So my sister was astounded, she said, how do you even know what, do you know what that means? And the little girl says to her, she says, yes, it means we got our dress dirty. Okay? So sometimes, this this girl, you know, this is what we say, so what's she going to say? She says, Kapara, she goes home. A little while later, Rabotai, the woman is shopping again on the, on the main street of, uh, of the city in Bnei Brak. She notices that her purse is open. And what happens? She looks in and her wallet is missing has this G right non-stop first she loses the money now she loses this wallet she feels terrible so again she starts making the rounds but this time the first store she goes into she walks up and she says you know I can't believe it my mazal in this street is terrible I lost my wallet today did you find the wallet the guy says no he says what do you mean your mazal is terrible she tells the store owner last A little while ago, months ago, I was also shopping right before the holiday, and I lost the envelope. And the guy says, "That was you. I've been looking all over for you." She says, "What do you mean?" He says, "You came and you asked for this wow thing, but you didn't leave a number." So I'm wandering around. I found this envelope stuffed with cash in one of the back changing rooms at the end of the day. But you didn't leave a number. I was running around. You must have been too. You know, I've been holding it here for months. He gives her the envelope, she counts it up, all 5,000 shekels is there, Not a shekel is missing. She says, please, can I give you a reward? I, can't, I even didn't even think I was ever going to get this back. And the guy says, no, you think I'm going to sell my mitzvah for a couple of shekels? Please, I'm just glad that you came back. In the end, this woman found her wallet in another one of the stores. But think about the fact that if she didn't lose the second wallet, she never would have found the first, the first thing. And I learned from this something unbelievable, Rabbi Utaib. You know, we think that when someone loses something, Yishtabach Shemo, the guy who found it, he created a big mitzvah called Ashavat Aveda. However, what we don't realize is that sometimes Bore olam is causing us to lose something for a very specific reason. Why? Because there's something more important than the thing that I lost that I'm supposed to regain. In this story specifically, it was a little wallet with almost nothing in it. She had to lose it in order to then retrace her steps to get back the thousands and thousands of shekel. But sometimes, Rabbi the thing that we lose and the thing that we get because of the thing that we lost uh, cannot, can be a diff- very different thing. A while ago, I remember there was a story that someone uh, who was uh, struggled his whole life. Neb- like they say in Yiddish, nebuch. The guy was in yeshiva, he was manhandled. they didn't understand how to treat him and how to relate to him. So all the rabbis in the school, all the time, they were always yelling at him. He was always doing something wrong, Hazit, this kid. So you know what? Came time, he became 13, 14, he says, Hadjah, what do I need this for? What do I need this for? You know, this is ridiculous. He goes, he spends the rest of his teenage years in a destructive path. He carries on his life in that way, he gets married, what's it called, he uh, he's, starts raising a family, and one day, with his religious life far behind him, one day, he's walking down a road, and he reaches into his, uh, what's it called, into his bag, and he can see that all of his, uh, the inside of the bag, he had a, a new watch in there worth thousands of dollars, some money, a wallet, it's all gone. He looks frantically, where could it be, he checks his pockets, and then he realizes, at the bottom of the man, uh, the man bag that he has is ripped open. Lesson number one, don't wear a man bag. Lesson number two, the bottom of his bag is all ripped open, he doesn't know what to do. So he's walking up and down going crazy about it. He remembers a long time ago, a long time ago, he's a little boy, that when he would go to the little place to pray, sometimes people would put a little piece of paper that said found, you know, someone trying to do the mitzvah So he says, what do I have to lose? I have an expensive watch, I have all this money, I have all these things that I lost. You know what? Maybe, what do I have to lose? Maybe these religious Jews, you know, they're good for something. He walks into the one shul, two shuls, until finally, he goes into one of the places called the Shtiblach, where all the people come pray, there's like 50 minyanim in the morning, where you could pray. I always say this, you know, they say that something is better, sometimes a, a whole is more than the sum of its parts. When people go to Shtiblach sometimes, instead of getting a whole tefillah, they get the sum of its parts. You know, they go in and they pray, Baruch Sheh with this minyan, then they jump to that minyan, you get your shtabach, then you go over there, you say Shemar, you do Amida with them, you jump over there, you do what's it called, the Kriyat Torah, Aleinu, seven and a half minutes you finish praying, okay? So this guy, he figures maybe there's a lot of people that he goes in there, big letters on the sign found, with a number. He calls the number, the guy gives him an address, he walks up, long white beard, the guy could not look more religious if he tried. Big peot, long black coat, reminded him of his rabbis from his Hasidic yeshiva of his youth. And the man says to him, I'm so happy you came. Look, I found the watch, I found the this, I found the that. And after he returns it to him, the man's speechless. He's now an irreligious man. He left everything behind because it was ridiculous and it hurt him so much. And the man says to him, you know, please, could you do me a favor? The man says, can I do you a favor? You found my watch, whatever you want, you found my goods, you found my money. The man says then, could you please sit down and have breakfast with me? He says, have breakfast with you. He says, he says, I know, I'm not a wealthy man, he says, but I know that this watch, this stuff that you have over here is very valuable. He says, yes it is. He says, and I know that you've been running around clearly from synagogue to synagogue. And he says, and by the look of you, you're not a person who frequents synagogues that often. And the guy says, true, I'll give you the point, you're 100% right. He says, if you've been running from synagogue to synagogue, trying to find a piece of paper, he says, you probably didn't have time to have breakfast. You had a stressful morning. He says, what a mitzvah it would be for me if on top of the mitzvah I could help give another Jewish person a nice warm, hot breakfast before you go off to work. The guy starts crying. And all of the hurt from all of those years, it has disappeared in one second. Rabotai, the Pasuk tells us, lo. It tells us you meet, must return the object to him. But our Chachamim in the Gemara say that the syntax is off, because it should say lo, and you should return it to him. v'hashevoto lo means, and you shall return him to him. Here's a guy, all he did was give something back, but he didn't just return the object, He returned his soul to him. He returned his entire life to him. He returned his children to him. That afternoon, the man dialed the same phone number again a second time. And the elderly Jew, he picks up the phone, he says, yes, shalom aleichem. And the man says, I was in your house this morning. I returned, you returned the object to me, and you were so happy to fulfill another mitzvah, to have breakfast with me. He says, yes, he says, I just want to tell you, you got the hat trick. You got three mitzvot today. He says, three mitzvot today. He says, today I was deciding, I was enrolling my son in school for the first time. And instead of enrolling him in a public school or in a non-religious school like I was gonna do, I decided to myself, you know what? There's values here. There's morals here. There's chesed here. This is what I want for my children as well. And if that was not my path, that doesn't necessarily mean that that should not be the path of my children. I just wanted to let you know that you got a third mitzvah as well so and you will return him to him rabotai when god sometimes make you lose something the purpose is not that you should then someone else has a mitzvah sometimes god made you lose something so that you should find something far bigger in our first story the person found something far bigger than the second wallet because the woman found her original sum of money which was larger than what was in the wallet. But in the second story, the person, what he found was so much more than a couple of dollars, a watch or whatever. It was all of the future generations of of this kid. Now, I have to tell you, sometimes we look at a mitzvah and we don't recognize its value. The guy is thinking, what's the value of this HaShabbat aveda? How much is this fancy watch worth? A thousand dollars. How much money is in the wallet? 500 bucks. You. you know, how much is this material? A couple, hundred thousand, a couple thousand, maybe $2,000 in total. And he thinks that the price of his mitzvah is $2,000. But he does not know that the value of his mitzvah is all future generations of all of this man's children, him, his kids. His kids' kids, and Yishtabach Shemo, when he's going to die and go to heaven, this man. This long white beard, with this long peot, and the guy Hashem is going to start doing a, a tally for him, and he's going to say, you learned in the morning, every morning, for Shaharit. You, you prayed, you had Chokli Yisrael, you did this mitzvah, you did that mitzvah, and the guy's going to say, oh Baruch Hashem. then they're going to start bringing in the Averot, <clears throat> and who knows, in the world to come, what their scales will look like and then bore Olam is going to call in family after family after family with each mitzvah that they do with each word of Torah with each word of prayer until the end of time and I thought to myself Rabotai maybe what the pasuk is actually saying you will return him to him but the word lo can also mean you you, If you're the returner, return it to him. For who? For your own sake. Do you know what you're going to get out of this deal? You think you lost something because you returned it. Do you know what you're going to get out of this deal? Rabbi Otayv, I think that this idea applies not only to uh, when a person does a Shabbat Avedah, but it applies to every single small mitzvah that we do. It's a smile that you give to someone when he might be down. It's a a loan that you give to someone when their business is a little bit uh, on the brink. It's uh, what's it called? It's being willing to pray for someone when they're unwell and then following that prayer up with a phone call to the person who told you that they're unwell and saying, I just wanted to check how your father, how your mother was doing. Because the person in that instance recognizes it, not just as a religious responsibility. Yeah, we're going to pray, we're going to say to Eileen but that they see that it comes from the deepest place of care and concern in another Jew's heart.